pay for pussy. What are you talking about? Right. Pussy pay me. Yeah. I'm balling. I think this actually shows that, that that's just an urban legend. Well, yeah. If you needed that, um, then Unless yeah. maybe they killed her because she insisted on payment. Well, maybe, yeah. She was like, what do you think this is? What do you, yeah, what do you, yeah, exactly. You know, you don't understand. You you're, you didn't fuck me so good that I it's don't like want money. It's like the scene in Midnight Cowboy where um, Sylvia Miles is like, pay you? Pay you? <laughs> yeah, he should have killed her. Put her in a barrel. From the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live. An article in the New York Post entitled The Big Ben's a Sign of City's Decay. A guy who didn't write the title but did write the article is Seth Barron. Hey, Seth. Hey, Pat. How are you? This is a really depressing article. I mean, like, uh, it, it, I don't know if it's depressing, but it certainly is enlightening. As it turns out, uh, the all these, um, these initiatives that the mayor and, and the city council have managed to pull off uh, including, uh, you know, the limiting a stop question and frisk and the informed consent law and, and others uh, have, you know, kind of made people feel a lot more, I guess, emboldened to carry their weapons around. Well, let's back up a little bit. Why not? The article was uh, sort of predicated on a recent uh, shooting oh, right. outside Madison's, outside Penn Station the other day, yeah. uh, earlier this week. Some guy, uh, I don't know if he was a commuter or a tourist. He was from New Jersey, an out-of-towner. He was waiting for his wife uh-huh. outside Penn Station. And these two guys were arguing about something. Uh, it sounds like maybe they were arguing about food. I, whatever. I think they were strangers. One of them pulled out a gun and just started blasting. Yeah. and Which sh- is uh, that's the obvious response. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and so he shot this guy. Uh, in the middle of the, you know, it was like rush hour, like five, six o'clock. Shot him in the leg. Uh, similar to, as you, you you draw similarity to in May when uh, a guy named Farrakhan Muhammad, who was hustling CDs, got into a dispute with his brother in Times Square and started shooting. Hit a four-year-old and I think two other people. That's right. And then again in July, or was it end of June? Mm. One gets mixed up. About a month later. Yeah, like some 16-year-old kid pulled out a gun and started shooting at somebody who dissed him or something and hit a Marine who was uh, visiting from upstate with his parents. Mm-hmm. And because he's 16, I guess he'll go to family court, so that's good. Yeah, they're, they're not releasing his name because he's, he's, he's a youth. He's a child. Yeah, he's only 16. Um, so basically, here's the conclusion I drew from this is that these aren't cases where people were shooting someone because they were planning to commit a robbery. They weren't even in, there doesn't even seem to have been any criminal intent behind what they were doing. This is just like part of their, their daily routine is to carry a gun. And, you know, uh, if someone gives them, you know, an, an ugly look or, bumps into them or disrespects them or, you know, starts some kind of beef, well, then it's time to, to pull out the, um, the iron and start, and start shooting. Sure. Lowers the bar for occasions to shoot. Exactly. So that's sort of what I'm saying is that, that it, it really kind of hit me like a revelation, like, oh, so people are just emboldened. I mean, it used to be uh, in the Giuliani Bloomberg days, beginning of the de Blasio days, that people knew that if they were lugging a gun around, there was a chance they could get stopped. Sure. Say jumping, jumping a turnstile, mm-hmm. playing with your... Because the thing is about guns... Now, I'm not a big gun... I don't have a gun. No. And I've actually never really dealt with pistols. But from what I gather, I mean, I've certainly had a lot of trouble uh, keeping my pants where I want them to be. <laughs> And if I'm carrying keys or any, you know, whatever, I, yeah. I've got certain, certain waistline issues. Yeah, every, so, uh, <laughs> I, I do too. So, actually. you know, I can imagine like if you have like this gun, it would always be slipping or, so apparently this is what cops do. They see people playing with their waistband and doing stuff and, yeah, or there's like a noticeable bulge in their sweatpants pocket or whatever. Mm. Um, so yeah. there's all kinds of ways in which you can denote the presence of a gun. Sure. But with, and your and your ability to pick up on these things obviously would increase with your experience and, sure, and sure, sure. Your, you have your instincts become sharp to that. Absolutely. Uh and so it used to be or if you were jumping a turnstile you might get arrested. Yeah, but, searched. But now the whole um 
approach to policing and law enforcement and public order has changed. So there's no longer an incentive to keep your guns at home or to even to hide it somewhere like where you can go get it. Now it's just like, well, carry it around. The police aren't going to stop you. And when you say it's 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 sort of the end result of this pandering that that the mayor does because he he can use that pandering to a particular community to really do anything, you know. I mean, that's just a a rationale. And then, you know, like for instance, uh, oh, all these uh there's all this police brutality, you know, that they can sort of point out these like incidents of but they can't really like make a case that this is like an ongoing thing or something but they don't need to really make the case because all they have to do is say their name and so you know you wind up with these rules you know that are in name in the name of this but you know but that's uh, what i'm saying is his he's never really cared about anybody it's just a, a way of leveraging issues sure well look he has an ideological predisposition towards uh you, you know, eliminating the police towards empowering um, these nonprofit community organizations that are politically friendly to him, uh, you know, to disempowering the, the police union. And, and, and a lot of this will, will be and is uh, it, it's detailed in your book, The Last Days of New York, which uh, is available at Amazon and, and which uh, which I'm reading myself. And it's like, wow. You know, I didn't really know how deep his, like, commie ties went, you know, but they, they're they there. I excavated all. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to see what the real deal is on de Blasio, The Last Days of New York, Seth Barron, uh, which you can get on Amazon. And, and your article um, that of, I guess it was probably a couple of weeks ago now, about, I, I forget exactly what it's called, but something, uh, Peace or something, you know, where... Uh, Basically, they're paying people money, like $1,000 a month, Yep, with the idea that they're not supposed to commit any crimes, and then they have, like, a an ex-con as a mentor who was supposed to, like, I guess, scare them straight or something? Well, the idea is um, that, yes, they, they find people who are at risk, youth, largely youth, but people in their 20s at risk of being involved with lethal gun violence. You see, now I had thought that it was somebody who had been involved with lethal gun violence. No, not necessarily. But I think I don't think that would disqualify you. Oh, okay. Um, yes, so it is called the... Sorry, sorry, sorry. Advanced Peace or something? Advanced Peace. Is that what it is? Advanced yes, pe- Advanced oh. Peace. And the idea is that... I tried to get an advance piece. My girlfriend was going out of town. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> no, it's it's a whole part of the violence interrupter, uh, cure violence mm. movement. The, right. the idea that the best way, and, you know, defund the police, the best way to, to fight crime is to have trusted neighborhood informants or whatever, people who... You know, I think largely, I think the ideal person is some grizzled ex-con who's seen the light and wants to show uh, the youngins that peace is the way and that violence is not not the right way. You don't want to go to prison. It's not a nice place. They have these guys. This is the ideal. In reality, though, I don't. I'm not so sure there are that many of those people like around who are like successfully converted to the to the ways of of uh, law and order so i not mean for, not for very long not for very long but it's, so if it's funny if you go on like you know a job search website and search for violence interrupter you'll find tons of uh want ads for mm. it so which indicates to me that they're not that, that it's not a natural right it's not like there's a natural population that can fit because the way they sell it is as though these programs will naturally well, it'll be very easy because there's all these people around who want to counsel oh god their younger neighbors not S- to commit crimes supply but- will by far <laughs> exceed the demand <laughs> well in fact that's not really the case um so the advanced piece will right find people who are at risk of committing of being involved in lethal gun violence. It's probably the cause of recidivism, too, you know, because these guys are just going around looking for someone to mentor, can't find anybody, and, uh, yeah, you know, end up just, well, fuck it, I'll just go back to jail, sure, I guess. Sure, sure, why not? Um, yeah, so you th- you're, they're going to pay people like $1,000 a month, 
And the idea is, you know, well, here's the thing. They find these guys who they identify as at risk. Now there's a big question. Well, who are they identifying? Like, there's always going to be an incentive to cherry pick, to find people who, well, maybe this guy is on the mar- the, the margins of committing crime. Mm-hmm but hasn't actually committed any crime and isn't that likely to commit any. But so he could use $1,000. He could use $1,000. So they give him $1,000 a month. Um, and then the idea is like, okay, well, if they uh, successfully, like they have certain benchmarks they have to meet, like get their driver's license, attend anger management classes, or get a GED, or... Huge incentive to <laughs> yeah, do right. these small things. Right. And it's funny because they say, well, this is all science. You know, everybody loves to follow the science. So they yeah. say, well, this is all evidence-based. It's all data-driven. But I looked into the model cases, okay? Mm. There have been like four... They did, they did this out in California. Stockton being one of them. Stockton. And uh, I'll just say that the data is pretty... Seems a little weak, Mm-hmm. Um, we discussed that, yeah, because we read your article last week um, uh, on the show, and so it was nice of you. it was so uh, well. I mean, it's it's so telling, you know, that it's like well, they, the, something in the area of fifty percent would still be in the program, uh, and we're not. Well, they would say things we're like not rearrested for forty-four percent of the people were not arrested for a gun charge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or whatever. Right, yeah. You know, wow, only 56% got caught yeah, yeah, yeah. So, doing this. Um, I mean, maybe it wasn't that extreme, but you, can, we, you can look it up. They were the pretty close. Listen to the last week's show. Yeah. It was pretty bad. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, this is, this is where we're headed. Um, everybody's very excited that Eric Adams, a former cop, is going to, you know, he's going to be the next mayor probably, and he's going to come in and really clean things up. And people really are sort of sick of, you know, the way things are getting, but they're not sick of it in, in such a way that they would actually vote against their party or anything. No, like that. No, 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 no. So Eric Adams is perfect. He's perfect, but he, I don't really, I mean, look, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt because what choice do I have? But I'm not really convinced that he's going to make a huge difference. No, I'm not either. He's backed by the same people who backed de Blasio is exactly. my understanding. He's, I'm not really uh, too excited about Eric Adams at all. I don't think he's this, I don't think he's going to be an, uh, an agent of change. I do think Curtis Sliwa would though. And uh, people talk about like, well, you know, he's not really a serious guy, a serious guy. You know what? He's exactly the kind of guy who would be able to make good decisions for New York City. I agree. I, don't, I, don't I think, think he would be fine. You don't really have to be, you know, deeply embedded in the morass of New York City politics in order to be able to successfully run things. Yeah, and look, in fact, his, it may um, help. his baby mama is the Queens District Attorney. No kidding. Yeah, Melinda Katz. You didn't know that? I didn't know that, but they, I... They but, have, like, two two children together. Yeah. Boy, boy oh, man. <laughs> Isn't that weird? That is nuts. Yeah, because she, she's sort of, like, not... Doesn't fit that profile at all of a Curtis Lee type. Apparently, he used to brag about all the council members he had banged. Hmm. It's kind of like bragging about all the members of the of the marching band you bang i don't know sure. it's not like yeah, the, yeah. it's not it's like kind of the the the, 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 I banged, it's the b list i banged every bitch in the chess club <laughs> a little bit i guess he he figures that his influence is uh, far and wide uh, but hey curtis lewa you know uh, consider it now uh, you got time for a story real quick sure a doomed hooker left two crack pipes uh, nearly uh, a nearly empty bottle of booze and a half-smoked joint in a lower Manhattan hotel room before winding up in a, a nearby apartment where she apparently died and was stuffed into a barrel. The post has learned. Uh, so this woman, uh, yeah, she was 42. 42-year-old hooker Nicole Flanagan checked into the Hampton Inn on Pearl Street August 4th for a planned one-night stay in room 804. Looks like she got an early checkout, my hotel worker said Friday. It's the best room with a balcony, the city view, and everything, the worker said. Although the going rate is $300, Flanagan was a frequent guest of the hotel Hot sheets. of the hotel chain, and she used her silver member points to cut the cost in half, the worker said. That, that's third paragraph in the story. I guess there's not too much more oh, to boy. offer. Well, yeah. they caught the guys who did it, right? Or they know who did it? Oh, did they really? See, I haven't, I haven't caught up with this story. That's is is she the one who was stuffed in a barrel? A and barrel. Taken? Yeah, I think they know who did it. Mm. But I didn't. I thought that she had gone, okay, I get it. 
I, I think that I thought it was these guys' apartment. Well, I guess I don't have all. I don't know the whole story. Me, me neither. But I'll, I'll, I'll read you the rest of what we sure. started off with. The uh, troubled mother of three was was either uh, uh, was either late on the night of August fourth or very early on the morning of August fifth. She she left, but she never returned to check out. So uh, the hotel extended her stay. Only charged her an additional three hundred dollars. That'll be for the estate to pay, I guess. But uh, but when they realized that she wasn't coming back, employees they they stopped charging her for the room. That's good. Nice. Employees entered the room and they found it littered with crack pipes, almost empty bottle of Hennessy, which is a fine cognac, and the weed. Uh, other items strewn about included a pair of pink panties, a pair of black booty shorts, cosmetic bags, and a single slingback stiletto heel shoe. So she left in a hurry, being mm. carried by somebody, apparently. Uh, law enforcement sources said that Flanagan was last seen in public riding an elevator to the 22nd floor of, uh, yes, to the 22nd floor of the apartment building at 95 Wall Street with a 25-year-old gang member from Queens around 150. That's what I heard. Mm-hmm. On August 11th, the ex-con brought a large plastic barrel into the building. <laughs> And one day after that, he was spotted wheeling it into a U-Haul with an unidentified man who parked the vehicle at the rear service entrance. Okay, things must have gotten a little rough with the gang member. On August 13th, Flanagan's naked decomposing body was found inside a 55-gallon plastic drum left in a residential neighborhood in Ridgewood Park, New Jersey, but there were no signs of injury and authorities. I know someone who lives in Ridgewood Park. Damn. Yeah. Hmm. Well... Pretty bad. Pretty bad over there? I, no, I mean, I think it's supposed to be a nice little... Oh, oh it's Actually, pretty bad you know to find a fucking hooker yeah, in a barrel uh, there. Yeah. The, the person I know who lives there had indicated a couple years ago that she wanted to move, that they wasn't that things were less nice than they had been. Well, the gang member is considered a uh, person of interest and is wanted for questioning. Wow. So he had a nice place uh, down in the financial district, yeah. it sounds like. Yeah. Uh, so he's doing okay. Five Got guy. himself a hooker. A 42-year-old hooker. And now, man. hold on. So they... They didn't use her hotel room. No, which is interesting, right? Why would she get a $300, $150 night hotel room? She must have been an expensive hooker to be able to cover that kind of thing. How was she out with one shoe on? Don't know. I wonder what her business... Maybe she got the the room and then she would use it and like have like five customers. In the area and then go back to wherever she's from, you mean? Or whatever, like five assignations in one night. And then, I don't know. Assignations. We don't know which hole they were putting it in. Uh, NYPD detectives have identified a 25-year-old gang member as a person of interest in the death of the high-end hooker whose naked body was stuffed in a barrel dumped in New Jersey. The development came as new details emerged about the doomed woman. You know how I know this is all a lie? How? Because I don't think black people use prostitutes. No. No, they don't need to. They don't need to. But we don't know that he was black, do we? Yeah, he was. Oh, I see the picture of him now. No, I know. No, no, no. No, no, but I did see a picture of him. Yeah. No, I've heard that that that's like a thing that like, I mean, not that they don't actually use them, but that that they they consider it a white thing to do because they- To get a prostitute. Right, because they would never- have to pay for it. Pay for pussy. What are you talking about? Right. Pussy pay me. Yeah. I'm balling. I think this actually shows that, that that's just an urban legend. Well, yeah. If you needed that, um, then Unless yeah. maybe they killed her because she insisted on payment. Well, maybe, yeah. She was like, what do you think this is? Well, yeah. What do you, yeah. Exactly. You know, you don't understand. You you're, you didn't fuck me so good that I it's don't like want money. It's like the scene in Midnight Cowboy where um, Sylvia Miles is like, pay you? Pay you? <laughs> yeah, he should have killed her. Put her in a barrel. Well, you know. I guess he, he did the right have the thing. Nerve. Yeah. He didn't have the nerve. Didn't he wind up actually giving her money? Pussy ass white he guy. Her, he gave her some money. He paid her. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> the guy's only 25. He's got a 42-year-old hookah. And uh, she high end must be right, you know. I mean, she must have wanted a lot of Come money. On, what man. do you do? A forty two year old hooker is like high end. She, how much could she be? Well, it's in quotes. Come on, that's <laughs> I'm telling you what the story says. I I, I agree. I believe what the story Nicole says. Nicole Flanagan, forty two. How de- that that story is so depressing, man. Yeah, I don't want to hear about some forty two year old crackhead. Irish girl, like, look, she was a great person, a mother of three. Oh, fuck, that's so horrible. Before drugs and alcohol took hold, she was probably a grandmother. 
What a fucking nightmare. Maybe. Yeah, what, she a, might have been. what a pigsty this world is. Uh, yeah, but I mean, you know, it's 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 got its upsides, you know. Oh, I, mean, I wish it, a rain would come and just clean the goddamn streets. Mm-hmm. Wash all the scum <laughs> off the sidewalk. <laughs> all the animals come out at night. <laughs> well, thanks for uh, sitting down, Seth Barry. Hey, thanks a lot. Much appreciate everybody. Uh, be sure and check out The Last Days of New York. Get it on Amazon. Author Seth Barron. Love it. Is it over? Everyone's just running into the Capitol building right now. So now I go... Like a moth to flame. Yeah. You can't resist. No, well, you know, if you're in the middle of starting a news network and you're in Washington, D.C., people are running into the Capitol building, mm-hmm. now there's actually something to report on. Yeah, because otherwise there would be no footage of that. <laughs> From the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live in the Bronx. How about this? A deranged. Uh, oh my God. Can you believe that? You get them when you're 40. Your brain starts telling your eyes not to read that shit. It's just going to piss you off. <laughs> Dan Kreisman's joining me. Hey, Dan, how are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, doing all right. Let's talk about this uh, deranged woman. She was speaking gibberish uh, when she shoved a toddler to the ground. Uh, yeah, that's what the victim's mom said as she recounted the unprompted attack. 21-year-old Sahara Bernhard. Sahara Bernhard. She told the Post uh, that the uh, still-at-large woman came out of nowhere Tuesday morning after the mom and her two-year-old daughter, that's Scarlett Bernhard, uh, left a, uh, a deli. You know, next thing I know, my daughter's on the floor, and the suspect is skipping away, the mother recalled. Uh, the assailant was uh, speaking gibberish. Again, they mentioned the gibberish. Uh, Scarlett suffered, jeez, uh, facial redness and swelling. It's now perfectly fine, following a brief visit to the hospital. The attacker is a neighborhood panhandler. Bernhard said. How about that? It's gotten to so people are almost on a first-name basis with these people. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Might as well. I mean, I guess they, it's like they say, uh, I think if Flannery O'Connor was it, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't know. Well, it's still the devil. <laughs> yeah, but it's better. You know, at least you know what you're dealing with. I mean, I'd, I'd personally rather not know the FBI, <laughs> you know? Yeah, they have been pretty satanic in recent years, haven't they? But uh, From the know, top down. I, uh, I got to know them. But you got to know them. Yeah, yeah. I got to know them. I understand that. The, so, yeah, you, uh, you, you were, what, picked up by the FBI, well, the Joint Task Force? Yeah, it was uh, 6 a.m., mm-hmm. Um, and I had a friend sleeping over my house, but he's a weirdo. So he left early. Um, cause at three 30 in the morning I, I look up and he's moving his bike. I'm like, where are you going? He's like, I gotta go. And he left early. There's your informant right there. Uh, probably. But let's not talk about that. Um, <laughs> probably not the case. I was yeah. making a joke. So, uh, I wake up at 6am to somebody knocking on my door, not, you know, police or, FBI open up Somebody's just knocking on my door Saying let me in 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 Wow So it Sounds official Yeah it's 6am <laughs> My bed's on the floor I'm like I don't know Maybe there's a dog That bit my friend Or so I didn't know What was going on Yeah maybe somebody uh, Had a choking victim Yeah or some yeah, Some girl was horny I, I had no idea God that's yeah. <laughs> Usually that's what it is Isn't no, it No Yeah <laughs> I, I mean I had no idea What it was um, And uh, it was 6am um, And uh, I crawled over to the door uh, cause my bed is on the floor. Uh, it's not that far from my, you know, the door isn't that far. Um, New York city. Yeah. And the, the door was open cause I left it open for my friend. Yeah. So as I went to the door to reach, to open it, they took the door 
and just opened it and wound up and just slammed it right into my head. Bong! Oh, wow. And I good just, morning. Yeah. Yeah. Good morning, Daniel. <laughs> and I just went down and I look up and there's just these machine guns in my face. Wow. And I'm, they're like screaming at me to get up, get up, get up. And I'm like, no, cuff me, cuff me, cuff me. Cause I didn't want like Rodney King to happen, you know, like me get up and them say he lunged at me. So like I laid on the bed, I'm like, cuff me. And they're like, get up. So, uh, what this a weird situation. I've yeah. never, never seen that before. You really had some forethought there. It's like you thought it through. Yeah, and some big, huge... Uh, well, I didn't think it through. I just got blasted in the head, and I have machine guns in my face. What am I going to do? Jump up in these guys' faces who have machine guns in my face? Well, no, I mean, but they're giving you a command, you know, and you're saying, no, cuff me, you know. I mean, that's good thinking. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, and, they I mean, they already exerted violence towards me. They just bashed me in the head. It's not like they were... Uh, Using what does it say on the side of the cop cars? Courtesy and respect, or whatever. They had none of that that day. Mm. And um, courtesy, professionalism, and respect. I think I, I don't it's more know. More of a suggestion, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, one of these huge. I'm not sure if it was a police officer or FBI because it was a mixed. It was a mixed group, and um, they just wrapped their nightstick around my chest. And picked me up, and I'm 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 a big guy. I'm 260 pounds. They picked me up and uh, dragged me around my house, and they were getting me dressed. They were nice enough to let me take a piss. I asked if I could brush my teeth. They said no, and um, there I was being pulled out of my apartment. When I was pulled out of my apartment in the hallway, I got a railroad apartment, and in the hallway. There was shoulder to shoulder of FBI agents. And as I was taking a piss, I had my back window as I'm taking a piss, and I saw two agents out in the back. And then when they dragged me out, the whole street was just covered with FBI all over the place. Um, And then like a movie, like a Mission Impossible movie, they had a red van come around the corner they and they just whisked me off into the red van straight down to FBI headquarters. You're lucky that you're alive. I know. Apparently, you I, know, I mean that's a lot of firepower for one arrest and and they did a similar thing. They've done similar things. I mean, we've seen it. But I mean, I like I had a it was a misdemeanor. It was it was a misdemeanor. No, I, I find it to be outlandish. It's a misdemeanor. What was the charge? Oh, well, I have four of them. Um it was uh, knowingly uh, and unlawfully uh, entering and remaining uh, into a Capitol building. Um, disorderly conduct on Capitol grounds. Uh, some sort of misdemeanor for supposedly uh, interrupting Congress while it was in session. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, That's a misdemeanor, interrupting Congress while we're in session? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I, pretty soon filibustering is going to be a misdemeanor, too. Uh-huh. Uh, it'll be a felony. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, picketing and parading on Capitol grounds. So oh. they, they were surveilling me since March 19th, um, and I think they were disappointed. I think they uh, thought I was a bigger fish than I was. Yeah. Um, you can see why they'd get that idea. I I don't I, I, why? Because I don't like cops. <laughs> I don't really know. He, he doesn't like cops. I mean, how, how, how closely are they surveilling you? You know, Cause uh, they, I'm not sure, but they, you know, there's several surveillance reports, and you know, they they had a very very good understanding that uh, I'm not a violent person. They had a very good understanding that I'm not a uh, you know a, a threat to society that you know I don't have a violent background I'm not a criminal I don't have a criminal yeah. record so obviously it's just for the it's for show it's for intimidation it's for uh, to set an example and to uh, you know like give give some kind of a statement as to their priorities in this oh not the Taliban <laughs> yeah right <laughs> apparently not you guys should really learn the official sign language <laughs> <laughs> hey, how about that? Wow, so now so now there's not only a uh ah, fuck it, why 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 explain what's going on? <laughs> why bother? It, it's it's just like a it, it seems like a lot of shit 
to be in for something that is was widely done already by you know a, a different group and everything and and, and yeah you know, I mean uh, it's what can you say America's a shame right now you know well I'm I mean I'm sure you could vouch for me uh, like you know full well that like uh, when I first met you I was running for public a- public advocate yeah and uh, before that I I had a radio show. Yeah, yeah, I recall on, that too. Uh, yeah, a radio show on AM radio. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only did I have a radio show when you first met me, but I had a radio show this this summer. All summer long, I had a radio show until I decided to run for office again. Uh-huh. And then after getting my clock cleaned... Very similar to Curtis Lewa. Yeah, and then after getting my clock cleaned in the election... Um, there was three people that I was working with to start our own news network called City News Now. Mm-hmm. So I well, mean, that makes you a high priority then. So, yeah, they so, don't want you doing that. Yeah, so I, uh, you know, I went down to Atlanta when um, they went into the Capitol building in Atlanta and were uh, doing the stop to steal. Um, yeah. I have videos of me doing interviews uh, while I was in that Capitol building. So you're you're press is what you're saying. I mean, I listen. I uh, wasn't established enough quite to have press passes and press credentials. Sure. But when I showed, so what happened was I was there that day, um, and I was there with a friend, and Trump was giving his speech. And when Trump was giving his speech, there were so many people there. And this is in DC. Yeah. I anticipated so much traffic. And by then I was just burnt out on all these Trump supporters because they're all a bunch of bootlicking commie weirdos, in my opinion, because anybody who likes the police and that thin blue line is a commie little simp. And I I thank you very much. Yeah. And I really didn't want to deal with them because they're a bunch of freakazoids. Um, And I was just like burnt out on the whole Trump thing because, you know, at a certain point, you know, when your whole legal team can't even get anything done, like it's pretty disappointing. You know, I just I just felt like it just felt defeated. It felt like there was no point in getting any interviews. And so we marched back to the car and my car was two and a half miles away. Um, And I got a call from, you know, I got a call and they were like, Danny. Everyone's just running into the Capitol building right now. So now I go and keep in mind, my like, part, a, like a moth to flame. Yeah. You can't resist. No, well, you know, if you're in the middle of starting a news network, right. And you're in Washington, DC and you're told all of a sudden people are running into the Capitol building. Mm-hmm. Now there's actually something to report on. Yeah. Cause otherwise there would be no footage of that. fair enough so then you know we made our way all the way back two and a half miles back to the capitol building after everything was breached after all the uh your scuffles that you saw at the police officers and stuff like that when i got there i did not see any of that Mm -hmm. because i the the timeline will show that i didn't see any of that yeah um and then as we were making... People our, were just peacefully walking in at that point, right? There was old ladies, grandmas, children. Yeah. They're just politely ushering right in. Uh, listen, I... It, I mean, basically, that's what I heard. I don't know. That, that's what you heard. So what I saw was me and my friend, once we hit the mass numbers of people, we got separated. And I have a car, you know, I was, I was their ride. So I was, I, now I'm getting nervous now. Like, I don't even care about reporting on this thing anymore. I cause right after we got separated, they came and hit us with a curfew. Now the curfew for me was like, Oh my God, the last thing I want to do is get locked up in Biden's America. So that I had no intentions of rioting. I had no intentions of protesting. You're just trying to stop the beginning of Biden's America. No. By stopping the certification. No, of the vote. I, I had like, even if you look at the pictures, I, I, I had no intent. I was not right. You're trying pro- to steer clear of any trouble. I get yeah, it. Yeah. And, um, literally I was looking for my friend and we got separated. They shut off all the phones and then they came out with the curfew. And now I'm like, holy shit, holy shit. So by the time I got to the top, I was scrambling around looking for them all over the place. And then uh, I saw a huge line of cops, just a huge line of cops. And the cops were just standing there. They weren't waving anyone in. I'm not going to sit there and lie that they were waving people in. Oh, okay. Uh, they were ju- but they were just standing there. So I want to get the hell out of there. 
I'm, I'm, I'm pissed at this person on how they could be so goddamn incompetent to get lost for me. I was more mad at them than anything else. Like, you goddamn idiot. Now I'm searching around in this freaking thing for you. This is your girlfriend? So, uh, I'm, I'm not even going to go. Be a I'm not going to. Uh, All right. We're going to keep it gender neutral. Okay. okay. That's Biden's America. Yeah. Well, you know, anyway, I saw, you know, a mass number of people coming in and out of the building. And, uh, you know, it wasn't uh, the quote unquote uh, oath keepers with military helmets and bulletproof vests on. It was fat old ladies, just uh, women, children, just walking into the building. Your standard so, Trump rally so, fair. So, yeah. So I'm thinking, all right, you know, maybe this uh, twit went in there. You know what I mean? Is twit gender, gender neutral? Yes. Okay. Twat is actually okay. a little less. <laughs> that, that wouldn't be gender neutral. So I went in the building, and that's where I saw cops with like tear gas and cops under duress and stuff. And like I said, the last thing I wanted to do is get arrested in Biden's America. Did you happen to see those 20 guys who were chanting at that one cop? I, I didn't see anybody chanting at cops. Okay. I went in, and I saw some cops under duress. And when I was waiting online to go in, I saw a room off to the side. So I went in, and even if you see in the pictures, when I went in, I whipped my phone out, I backed away, and then I was just like, oh, God. And I went into the side room hoping maybe that window was broken because I would just jump out that window and get the hell out of there. That window wasn't broken. I went to the window, took a quick video like, whoa, look at this. You know, I am starting a news network. Sure. And I come back out of the room and everyone's jumping out of a window. So, you know, my fat ass with a bad leg climbs out the window. <laughs> and then when I got out, I was looking on the patio. There were so many people on the stairs, and I, and I got a bad leg, so I can't really run downstairs as quite fastly as anybody else, and I was scared that there was going to be a tamp, tamp, uh, stampede. So I was looking on the side for anything, like a tree to shimmy down, anything, and I couldn't find anything. I was freaking out. I was still looking for, for moron, and uh, then... Um, I, uh, all of a sudden cops started spraying tear gas again or mace or whatever it was. And I was just like, Oh God, let me get the hell out of here. Was that stuff potent? Did you get any of that? No, I, I, I hate cops. I do not want any part of cops. I understand. When I went in, when I, I stepped away from the, I, I can't stand those people. They will, they will kill me for a pension. Okay. They are the absolute scum of the earth. And they're the ones that are enabling these freaking communist freaking leaders to turn us into a communist country. Hurts my heart. Because we don't have the balls to Mm. hold them accountable. Hurts my heart to hear a white man talk that way. Well, uh, you know, and I think that's why they came after me so hard because, Mm. you know, um, there was a protest uh, for freeing the political prisoners Uh, on July 25th. Uh, right across the street from the FBI headquarters, mm-hmm. uh, there was cops all over the place, and there's a surveillance report that um, they surveilled me on July 25th, but my warrant was already issued on July 16th. So I went to this event literally right across the street from the FBI headquarters, and I mean, you know about the uh, our, our illustrious queen, Crackhead Barney. Um, she was there, and I was talking to her, and the security guard there uh, was going to let me in. And he said, "But uh, uh, okay, explain to me what your relationship with her is. I was like, believe it or not, she's my... It's, gr- it's complicated. Yeah, so. I was like, we're actually dating. And then I was friends with another guy from Black Lives Matter. And I was talking to him. And he said that he wasn't going to let me in because I was friends with, you know, these black people. So I was literally like yelling at that guy, like, yo, what, like you, like no wonder why we lost our country. Cause it racist idiots like you. And then this is a cop that told you this. I don't know. I don't know. Everyone was assuming he was a proud boy. He had like a, uh, like a bandana and a hat on. I have no idea who he was. I don't think he was a proud boy. No, doesn't sound like it. And they, they wouldn't let me in, but they wouldn't let me in. They were surveilling me, right? There was hundreds of cops there. There were cops like uh, Lieutenant Chang with NYPD Legal who fully know who I am from previous interactions. Um, and why couldn't they arrest me then? 
They didn't want to. They wanted to come barging in my house at 6 Mm a.m. and blast me in the dome. Maybe they were still making a case. No, they already had the warrant issued. They had the warrant and everything on July 16th. Wow. I'm I'm at a uh, free the political prisoners rally, right? Yeah. That they wouldn't let me in because I was friends with the black people. They're like, no, you can't come in. And um, couldn't come into the rally. Yeah, are you then, sure it was their color? I mean, or was it? There was there something mean, else about them that might have listen, you made know, them stand out. Uh, yeah, cr- crackhead Barney and Bagel Karen were sitting there screaming, fighting over me. Like crackhead Barney's like, "I got your man," and yeah, <laughs> and Bagel Karen's like, "Oh yeah, you like? I'm gonna get your man." It so was, they just didn't want an episode of Montel to break out yeah, at their rally. Exactly. <laughs> so, but at the same right, you know. I live, if, if you want to go social justice warrior out, I live in a Dominican neighborhood in Williamsburg. I, I don't live, I'm not Roger Stone who has a, 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 an, a, you know, a canal in his backyard with ocean access, right? I live in an apartment building. Yeah. I have a 75 year old landlord who overlooks the building, does everything he can to keep it safe that lives right on the second floor. While these cops are, are on this raid and FBI agents on this raid, what if he heard all this and came down the stairs and one of them got nervous and shot him? What if for some reason I decide I didn't know what was going on because I'm waking up at six in the morning, getting blasted in the head immediately, and there was an altercation. I got neighborhoods with plastered walls, uh, no, nothing that could stop a bullet all over the place. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they apprehend me at? at right across the street from FBI headquarters with so many cops around. Uh, why wouldn't they do it like that? Well, that was a very good chance for them to do that, yeah, and they didn't yeah. do it. I can't speak to their you know, priorities in terms of uh, arrest, but I'm, I'm curious. Do you, I mean, a lot of unindicted co-conspirators are involved with the, the you know, January 6th deal, which makes me, uh, leads me to believe that the whole thing was sort of, uh, you know, planned. So I don't know how you feel about that. I mean, did you you see any element of that? The element I saw was an element of complete and utter incompetence. Yeah. Um, Understaffed is what I I heard. And and again, you're talking to somebody that was two and a half miles away from when this event started. And you had plenty of time. And, you know, I I was, you know, I have a broken knee and hip. I could barely like walk straight, feeble, overweight. Yeah, and two and per- a half miles away. And the person I was with, you know, is a is a fat smoker themselves. Jesus. So we, you know, we weren't, you know, Usain Bolt on our way back there, you know. <laughs> so uh, I, 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 I can't bear witness to any of possible planning. But what I can say is, the police were overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe that once the curfew was issued, it was like, okay, guys, like we are, un- we are overwhelmed. There's nothing we can do. We don't want to have fights because we're so outnumbered right now. Yeah. Let's just stay calm. Although you're basically dealing with, and they had to know with these law abiding people, you know what I mean? Nobody respects the law like Trump supporters, you know, like you said, little old ladies, children, you know, I mean like they get on a bullhorn and go, everybody get the fuck out of here. They're going to leave. You know, that's, that's my main thing. Like you had the capability to send us a mass text to everyone was there and say, please evacuate by, you know, uh, mayor of Washington, DC calls for a curfew at 6 PM. They did not have the wherewithal to say anybody on Capitol grounds is subject to arrest. You know, why couldn't they say that? Yeah. Well, I I think they wanted to arrest a bunch of people either after the fact or whatever. But I mean, that's, that's my theory. You, you don't have to back it, but I mean, it seems fairly obvious to me that they, they are, you know, digging into this whole thing, you know, with, with a lot of vigor. I got a door in my face. Yeah. So, I mean, like, who know, am I telling, right? 35 machine guns pointed at me at six in the morning. That is about as vigorous as it gets. Eight months after the fact for misdemeanors. Mm-hmm. It's not like they, it's not like, uh, they found out that, uh, these are not federal charges or are they federal charges? Yeah, oh, hell yeah. They're federal charges. And so they carry a sentence and they win generally. I mean, you must be very concerned. <sighs> I don't mean to be a downer. Um, you know what's sad is that you know I got hurt at work, right? So I, I didn't, I didn't, 
all I came back to New York City for was to get my goddamn plumbing license. That, and then I got hurt at work. And then because of the bureaucracy, I wasn't able to get my plumbing license. I would have to start all over, and I'd have to start all over in my apprenticeship with a broken knee and hip. So what's a guy to do but start running for office? And then, yeah, exactly. Especially when you're told by the public advocate that she'll help you get your plumbing license if you give her $2,500. You know, that's our illustrious Tish James. So, you know, I went went bananas, right? And... After after being part of the sixth, even when I was there, I, I was uh, thought of myself as a reporter. I mean, if you look at my body of work all summer long, I was on the front lines of Black Lives Matter rallies and and the looting and out there till three in the morning every night, solely observing and and putting it all over the place. Shit, I was trying to miss it. Yeah, I don't know if you remember the city hall uh, on May sixth. Of course, when we were standing there with signs, I didn't have a sign. I was standing there videotaping it. I might have yelled at the cops a little aggressively when I saw them actually arresting people standing on a sidewalk with signs that the number one thing this country is built on and they did it for a pension okay when i saw nypd legal having a conversation with whoever was at headquarters saying i really have no reason to arrest them and them saying no arrest them anyway and these cops complied with an illegal order Man, you, you know, know, of course I'm going to scream at them. So weird. They had like people sitting in city hall, sitting outside there for a month, a month. Okay. Shitting it up, I thought, without I, getting arrested. I was one of them. You stayed there for a month? I I, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I camped out every night, but Chaz City Hall? Yeah. That was one of the funnest things that ever happened in New York <laughs> City history. Really? And I was down there every goddamn day. Best thing since Occupy Wall Street. And I was reporting on it, and I was taking interviews. Uh, you know, I was hanging out in the tranny bus that they had there, like, talking to people. Tranny bus. Yeah, they had the little bus. Like, there's nothing, you know what I mean? Like, I had more fun, and, and not only that, learned so much of what we have to do uh, to, to beat communism. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, uh, this, I mean, listen, when a guy has a show, uh, a history of years on the AM radio, they know that the AM radio yes. and they continue to persecute me with the anti-terror task force. So when we talk about defunding the police, Okay. Mm, Not only every time there's a trans lives matter rally, do they have 600 police officers following them around all making how much goddamn money. But when there's an alleged crime that happened in Washington, DC, you have two NYPD detectives that make 200 grand a year investigating uh, a, a, a correspondent, uh, absolutely ridiculous. Well, you know, I mean, that's that's a matter that is is definitely beyond my pay grade to uh, go into and with any detail. But I do support the police over the looting and rioting hordes, and I do support them. Uh, you know, in their do you really? Yeah, sure, I do. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm going to tell you why why I have a counter to that. Okay. Okay. Those looting and rioting hordes. Right? Yes, yeah, the ones okay. that are stealing. The ones that are the ones that are stealing. Arsonists. Right? Yeah. Who's stealing? Oh. Arsonists. That I mean. Okay. People who set fires. Okay. So. Now you did have, uh, and and part of my reporting, right? Part of why I need to get my Facebook subpoena. Thank God I have some videos left. Yeah. I have reporting of actual like Central Americans out there literally on the first real nights of the riots actually not working to loot not working to do anything like that but to run create a skirmish so the cops come run down the street throw all the garbage they can on the street in the freaking street and start fires just to agitate and harass and brought these pictures to the police station Mm -hmm. literally yeah they refuse to investigate it okay uh, defund the police. So, so now who's stealing? <laughs> who's stealing, Pat? When you shut down the economy for three goddamn months on an unprecedented level, people aren't sure what's going to happen with all, with any of this. People aren't sure if there's even going to be an economy anymore. And now all these retail stores are sitting on surplus. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, I'm not pro lockdown. 
if it, uh, of course not now, but if you're going to not let human beings shop and get necessary necessary items, okay, and you're a retail store and you only you didn't remove your items from the store and put them to safety, you can only one hundred percent expect that people are going to steal those items. Okay, the economy fell apart. There was no money. Okay, well, it's and, kind of a little victim blaming, though, isn't it? No. What was no. that store wearing? Who's the victim? The store. The insurance company. So the kid that ran out on the street who who stole something, they did that under the guise of Cuomo's curfew. If when that night of the that night, when I, I was there when they raided Foot Locker, everyone knew that night, the night of the curfew. Yeah. That once the curfew starts, the cops are going to round you up and process you. They are not going to make a move before at six o'clock and start arresting people because the arresting officer has to bring you down and process you. So everyone knew that this standoff created by Cuomo was there. So people went and looted. Okay. Well, make no mistake. I, I don't. Uh I don't exonerate uh, Cuomo or, or de Blasio or anybody in city government, Scott Stringer, uh, the, uh, who, who's the AG uh, here, and uh, Cyrus, Cyrus Banks or whatever, Cyrus, whatever his name is. I don't support the, the way they handled this at all. I mean, it seems as if, yeah, they did work to create problems, but it doesn't, I, I still don't support the theft. I don't support the theft either, but when you're a Rolex company and you have only glass windows and security cameras protecting your goddamn Rolexes, mm-hmm. and if you're that pro-police and anti-crime, you're going to have to consider, did these corporations leave this crap there on purpose to get it stolen so they could try to get full market value from their insurance companies I people were when just, the uh, other end of it is they might not get anything? I thought they're trying to protest something. I mean, are you saying that during this lockdown, they were people were unable to buy Rolexes, and so they're like, fuck it. No, no, no. I, I would tell you that half of the theft, because most of the protesting, as somebody that was out there every day, were real people that were suck, sick and tired of the control that we have. Well, I mean, and, I, I'm and, sick and, and tired of it too, but and, I didn't break any store windows. I didn't either. Okay. So, I mean, I, why should they be any more emotional what, about what it? What I'm going to tell you is if you're pro police, I would investigate. Oh, they were wearing black and you know, they were running. I would investigate how much of that looting that we're blaming on the protesters mm-hmm. could have been inside jobs. A lot of Antifa, but I don't know about in- I mean, it's in- in- inside are dykes to the with with, with uh, you know dirty little uh, hair and uh, yeah, you but know, they still they, instigate shit. Yeah, they don't. They 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 don't want more. I mean, listen, there's Democratic scumbag elitists that w- want to take all the money, but that mob mentality was no, no. It, it I'm telling you, I you think, if, it's all, you think it was all COVID boiling over. It was COVID boiling over and human instinct knowing like, oh God, humanity needs to take control. But it was done by leftists that were brainwashed by this education system and always slapped on the wrist or always in prison that they didn't want to break the rules. But that was a precedent that was continued in this. And they wanted to show that they had their masks on. Nobody got in trouble. No one got in trouble. Yeah, which is weird. I think that's weird. But the cops I, had orders. I, I, I know. Do you they think, come from the mayor? Do you think I should be in trouble? Hey, look, no. Okay. I, I, I think every, everybody. I, and had, I don't think they should be in trouble too. But did you smash any windows? Do you no. steal any shoes? No. Rolexes? Okay. No. You didn't I mean you didn't steal. You didn't set anything on fire. You were at a thing. No, I think that they protest. I, I think that they're punishing Listen, everybody January 6th way out of step with, with what they did last summer. If you went down to Chaz City Hall and they set up Chaz City Hall like it was Canal Street and they were selling all the stolen items, fine. They weren't. The people that were protesting. <laughs> I don't care. What, what difference does that make? The whole reason why the left is able to get away with this absolute draconian stance on what happened on. Uh, uh, on January 6th yeah. is because the right is constantly seeking punishment for that. Like the right is, is actually validating what they're doing by saying, Oh, you're going to arrest them, but you're not going to go arrest black lives matter. No, none of these people should be arrested except for people that really inflicted harm on others. You don't think that there's a difference in BLM and the January 6th protesters. You think it's the same deal? Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't think so at all. 
I think there was a, dis- a distinct political purpose with a definite aim and a definite case, as opposed to we just in general fucking hate what's the, the police and and we believe that there's a, a mass murder that's going on that isn't going on. Uh, it's it's you know one is informed, the other isn't. You know one is happening on one day, the other one is just fucking spread out all over the country, just fucking at everywhere. You know, and, and with no political cause other than just like yeah fuck this shit george fucking floyd great and i totally agree with you that black lives matters and antifa the actual influencers in antifa because keep in mind i've been in that seen that life very very intimately okay they are controlled by institutional marxists they are yeah. literally controlled, like literally the Walter Masterson or the Andrew Rosenthal's. These people that like are the literal agitators are literally controlled by Marxists and only cater to Marxism. That's right. Okay. And that's because the right is sitting there walking around with a thin blue line flag, not listening that the cops are the goddamn problem and we're demonizing them instead of beating these Marxists to the mark of what liberation really looks like. We have, we just been like, we need more goddamn cops. We need, do you look at these guys' salaries to sit there and follow the trans day parade, 600 deep collecting $150 an hour. But they're protecting the trans people is what's going on. They're not there to make sure they don't do anything. I mean, I, I, for all I know, that was a, a misassigning of manpower. I had no fucking, I'm not defending anything like that, but I know that I know regular guys who are out truly doing good things, you know, and, and what do, and, what do you think is stopping Frisk? Well, I think it's great. So, so as a city, absolutely, I think we need more of it at the city that absolutely is deteriorating at a city where they have a cop camera on my corner and the joint terror task force for getting me mixed up between a, a, a correspondent and somebody witnessing history well, as a terrorist. That seems separate from stopping for down on you now. I, 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 you know, the supermarkets are falling. The Teamsters really went on strike. Things are looking at pandemonium. You say, you know what? God damn it. I'm getting a gun. Okay. And you're, you're doing it because you're scared and you want to protect yourself. Well, I think it should be easier to get a gun. Okay. I so, do think it should be so, easier so, to have a so legal gun. you want gun. to support the cops breaking two, two uh, of our most basic amendments. You want to support that? Well, we're talking about illegal guns. We're talking about people with where, criminal where records. Where in the Constitution does it say illegal gun? Well, I mean, you know, th- these things are regulated. I and, mean, and, these are laws and, that and, exist. And, and why couldn't, can't we have automatic weapons? Because when they come at us with helicopters, the last thing they want us to have is an automatic weapon? Hey, uh, these these are interesting issues to talk about, but I don't think it has anything to do with stop and frisk. I don't think anybody's being stop and frisk it, at having a submachine gun in their sweatpants when they're jumping a turnstile. You know listen, what I mean? You have a submachine gun in your sweatpants hopping a turnstile. You're going to have irrefutable proof that like, oh, my God, I saw something there and I can actually uh, stop. Come on. How are you going to get it? You know what I mean? Oh, well. <laughs> Like, it's like hardly seriously. the point. It's hardly the point. No, it is the point. No, it isn't. It is a point. Because we have constantly been been defending overreaches of the U.S. Constitution on the right in our own rhetoric designed to keep this nation divided by this nonsense that we're going to accept stop and frisk no. as somebody that believes in America. The issue with stop, question, and frisk is, I mean, that that is a constitutional thing. I mean, the Supreme Court's ruled on that, and it is. You know, ah, you can you can stop. Ah, you can talk to people. You can you can ask ooh. them things in, in, if you in, have in a what, reasonable, in, you know, suspicion that they have something. You know, and, in and what I, error? In, in the modern, era, in, the in the modern, modern AOC, right Nancy now. Pelosi, yes. Mitch McConnell era. The court's with, the court. That's with, what they ruled. With Ruth Bader Ginsburg still on the court, your girlfriend over there, all of a sudden, <laughs> uh, all of a sudden, this is that a constitutional night, decision. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. We, like, they ruled on it. I no, mean, no. The Supreme I, like, Court ruled on stop question for I am more mad at the right than I am at the left. Well, that's your because problem. Because the left, has, the right has been backing the police tyranny that smashed me in the face. Nah, the left, that's a left thing. <laughs> you're a political. They're going after you for political reasons. They think that you're mixed up with all these crazy right-wingers. 
no, they think I'm getting too close to their left wing. And they think that I was making too many friends and red pilling too many people. And I was actually uh, going to start to get rid of this divide between Black Lives Matter and confused Trump supporters walking around with a thin blue line flag. Okay. Well, you must be getting a lot of traction outside of this room. You know, I mean, you must be like people are these Trump supporters are listening to you against every instinct that they have. I mean, if you're going to unite that crowd with BLM, you know, you have like, like you said, Marxists, trained Marxists, you know, who, who serve at the pleasure of Marxists and you have Trump supporters. I mean, they're definitely on different ends of the ideological divide, unless you're one of these people who believes that like, hey, on, on the extremes, that's, they're actually believing the same thing. They're not. There's an authoritarian socialism that is a problem, and it's definitely weeded into the... It's it's so in the government. And in our education system. And in the education and system. And these kids are brainwashed. Which is just part of the government, and they're trying to get rid of all standards. They want to graduate people who can't even read and write. This country is so doomed. It's so fucked up. <laughs> so doomed. <laughs> Maybe we are on the same end of the ideological spectrum. Dan, pleasure talking to you, man. Thanks for being here. Yeah, my pleasure. Is it over?